everybody today's episode is brought to you by the raven cafe located at 142 north cortez street in historic downtown prescott arizona i love this place i eat there all the time and let me tell you why the raven cafe features a full all organic espresso bar and a wide variety of craft beers and wines their innovative menu is created with a focus on organic ingredients many of which come from local sources. So head on over there. Enjoy a relaxing and comfortable environment decorated with rotating art shows by local and regional visual artists. And on the weekends, a lineup of the best in up-and-coming local music. You don't want to miss out on the Raven Cafe. It's absolutely one of my favorite spots in town. So head on over to ravencafe.com and order online or stop by to catch a happy hour on their beautiful rooftop patio. to the Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. Hey everybody, welcome to part two with Michelle Carter, writer, painter, and award-winning poet. Did you ever at any point feel like you maybe wouldn't be able to do it? Like, did you ever think like, I just, I, writing's just not going to happen right now? Oh, I. Or did you I just kind of push through? I pushed it? through. I, I love that. I felt it. Yeah. No, I love yeah. that. I love that. Um, and poetry was hard to break into. I, I was so um, lucky to just get my first poem published. How did that come about? Um, yeah, it was an Antioch review, which was a great is a great review. Yeah. Um, and the editor was David St. John, who's a an LA poet. Mm-hmm. And um I had met him before, and that, you know, can help. But I was just, yeah, that first yeah. phone being taken. Did you just submit amazing. or had you how did I you I did, yeah. 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 Is there angst behind that? Like, is there a is there a holding of the breath when you submit, or do you learn to let that go? Like, I'm just going to put it out and not yeah, worry about it. Yeah, submit and forget. Okay, that's yeah. I think it's the best way. It's kind of like an audition. It's like you go right. in, you do it, and then walk out and leave. You leave. Yeah, um, yeah. It's harder when places only want you know that you're, it's uh, if simultaneous simultaneous submissions are okay, yeah. then then that's much easier. Otherwise, you kind of have to wait right. to hear back. Like keep track of it all. You're I like, think oh my gosh. Bukowski was it who published uh, some short story in a couple different places. Yeah, you know we probably lost track. Right? Like, oh, <laughs> wait, you took that one. You took it too. Oh, look, yeah, we can put another yeah. one over here. That's great. Yeah. You're sitting there going, yes, yes. I love when people forget. No, I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> um, so you just kept this. I'm so fascinated. You kept your drive going, this call to writing, and you have little beautiful Hannah, and you're in San Clemente, and you're just putting material out and and just waiting in a sense. Do you make enough money off of these publications? Oh, no, I think I got right ten dollars yeah. from that first one. 
Do you use um, it as a leverage? Like, oh, look, I got published here. So now. Yeah, it makes it a little easier. Yeah. Um, I think poetry is still, I, I haven't published a book of poems. Oh, I, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I have poems in a lot of journals. And well, why have we not done that? I say we like I have a say in this. I know. Why have we not done that, Michela? <laughs> we could. In the future, but, maybe, yeah. perhaps exclusive news coming in the front. <laughs> but poetry is a tricky uh, business. There's especially the kind of academic poetry. I mean, I think like now the um, spoken word right. and that kind of thing has just, I think, revitalized the um, kind of where academic poetry has yeah. maybe uh, gotten stuck. Yeah, it's given it some new breath, I think, Absolutely. and and definitely brought in younger energies. Going, oh wait, poetry has all this passion in it that I didn't know about. Maybe, perhaps, yes. because it wasn't put well in technology and everything's changed that has helped, I'm sure. And it doesn't have to just be on the page. Right. It can exist. Right. In a more real face-to-face -face yes. form that's yeah. exciting. When did you start considering novels? So it was around this time I was working on um, what became Further Out Than You right. Thought, my first novel. Right. Um, and I... It, it takes place during the riots, during the mm -hmm. 92 riots. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, yeah, I had like journaled then yeah. a bit. Um, but I, at that, at this point in San Clemente, I was going back um, to it. And I thought it would be, I guess, um, a novel. I kind of like how Kerouac changed the names, but it, they were all mm -hmm. uh, his you know, the people he knew in right. his life. Right, um, That's kind of how I was approaching it then. Um, yeah. I was going to, that was going to be my follow-up is that coming from being kind of a poetic mind and, and you know, starting to take these life experiences and go, okay, I think I'm ready to do this and having mm -hmm. an example like a Kerouac. But, I mean, I would imagine in graduate school you're working on other writings and stuff, but it's still a leap into the world of you know, even if it's your own personal historical fiction, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. But there's still a leap to becoming a novelist and telling a story in a long format. There is. Versus, like, getting your emotional sense in this small, you know, window of a page. Yeah, where poems can be lyric. Right. Or more, right. Well, you can kind of em embrace and adapt the stylings of a poem to, sound, to, to the yeah. sound and, and the yeah. way you want it to come across. So but much more personal. In this longer form, did you yeah. struggle with that or did you rewrite or did you? Oh, so much. Yeah, yeah I did struggle with it. And just even then trying uh, just to, to get the time to write and to get, you know, yeah. pages and enough. And I think it just, it took, of course, so much longer yeah. than I had thought it would. Did you um, think it, I'm sorry, and I don't yeah. want to interrupt, my brain's going That's 100 okay. miles an hour with like 50 <laughs> questions, and I'm like, slow down, Candace. You can't shoot this woman with questions. Um, did did the, obviously there's, there's elements of your own life, clearly, but like, did the character development process of it in any way scare you, or did the acting chops kind of come through um, on that? Yeah. I feel like acting um, has helped so much with writing fiction yeah because they're characters right so yeah. yeah so you when you're writing a scene you put yourself there and 
what do I want? What do I, you know, all the same kind of acting yeah. um, things. And then just, just imagining how the scene might play out is, I think, acting helped a lot. It's so um, fascinating because I, you know, like I'll think of, let's say if I were to go write this experience and I'd be like, well, she sat across from me. <laughs> this is how you know this is not my lane. We crossed yeah. the lights. <laughs> we, we both sat in a chair in a similar st setting, stance. Um, she had a lovely musicality to her voice um, in a higher register that was still warm and inviting. Oh. I. <laughs> I don't know if I can be on <laughs> and I'm sitting here with you now. You know what I mean? I, I, how do you edit yourself or not edit yourself? Yeah, you I think you don't. Ed I, I think the best thing to do is what? Write drunk, edit sober. So, yeah, write. Like, just write. Oh, I love just that. Write it. Yeah. That might go on a song soon. Thank Sorry. you for that. <laughs> write drunk, edit sober. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, letting yourself go, kind of, and then yeah. coming back and going, ah, feeling out what works. Yeah. Uh, I love this. Where does second baby number two come in in the timeline of all this stuff? Because you said so four, four years. Four years, but yeah. How long did it take you putting this novel together initially? Oh, I don't even know if I had, a like, a... I don't think I had a full draft by four years. So I think I was just like working on it yeah. and still writing poems and um, and then being a mom. Yeah. Um, was, luckily, I didn't have to work. I was just going to say time. at this time, lived was your partner on the line? But yeah. yeah. He but was, he was able to kind of hold down the. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was giving um, music lessons. Oh, no way. Piano. Yeah. Cool. A musician. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Artists, we do that. I mean, yeah. you know, we, just, we do that. And then sometimes we get older and grow up and go, you know, maybe not another creative in the same pod. You know, I don't know. Um, it can be tricky. Yeah. When my husband and I met, he was an actor when we met. And then, you know, he was like, my wife is so talented and, and traveling all over the place. And I think one's enough. You know, like. <laughs> How lovely that he did right. that. He's, yeah, he's, he's, like, he's the best. He's the best. You be the one. He's the best. Go. He's the best. Well, and I'm just less versatile, I guess. I'm just so, <laughs> such a creative, you know, that it was like, that's who she is. Much like you're, I'm a writer. I mean, that's just. And if if the other partner is like, you know what? I can do some other things and da 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 like, cool. You know, that's yeah. that's actually yeah. a really lovely situation to be in. It is. Um, so it is. you so, you really pieced that together over time. I did. I think. I mean, I think it was around twenty years by the time yeah. that I. Yeah, yeah, because it was published in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Um, and I had by then, um, I I got an agent with yeah. this with the with the draft. Yeah. Um, but, but you had I, already won stuff for poetry. I had. I mean, you had made. But a, nobody gets agents for poetry. Really. Yeah, because you can't make money. Is how they <laughs> think of it. They're like, here's the thing: nothing <laughs> of nothing is so like. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to make a commission on <laughs> your so ten. Here's the yeah. Thing. <laughs> you, yeah. your writing is beautiful, but it will not pay me anything. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. All right, cool. All right. Um. So, so yeah, he. I. I was able to get an agent. Uh, with that yeah. but then um, it was like I think no okay okay <laughs> I rewrote the whole thing um, again as a memoir actually by the time that I got the agent so that's what I uh, 
yeah. had submitted. Wow. Um, yeah. So you did like two rights of this same thing. Yeah, kind of like a full different draft um, as memoir, kind yeah. of then from where I was in Prescott. So I wrote that um, wow. from here. And what was the, th what was the, cause you had sent the draft and that's how you got the agent initially. It was the memoir, the memoir draft. draft. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, and, and it's, so it's a novel though. No, right. right? So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to yeah. put all that together. Yeah. So how does that work? Um, I mean, from a, from your standpoint, I mean, you're telling a story, you make it a memoir, which makes sense, but then you turn around and go, maybe no back to fictionalized. Right. Does that take your brain all over the place? Does that feel very organ? How does that work? <laughs> you know, it was really liberating okay. the second that, I guess, the third and final yeah. time <laughs> of shifting genres with it. Because um, the first time I was just kind of trying to get um, maybe a full story out, like, and figuring out kind of like uh, how to write fiction, period. Right. But then also... Um, my life kind of like writing it because it was so so close to my life that yeah. the very first draft that it felt like huh like how did I get from here to where I am now sort of like just uh, for myself right purely right. Um, and then memoir had its own kind of um, angle to go at it from right but then making it fiction is um yeah, it was my agent who said, why not make it fiction? Yeah. Um, and I set it all during the riots. So it had this four-day um, time period. Right. So it was all condensed into Which, that. In LA, I lived there. You know, I was I was a kid, but I, it was an intense, that, that's an intense backdrop as far as what yeah, we were talking about, about yeah. like putting the city in your writing and having that extra character in there that sets a tone um, that's an intense tone to throw in the mix of all of all of this life stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy thing. I had been in L.A. during the yeah. riots um, and to live. So what was the inspiration to, of, to like, I'll set it during this? Was it just it opened a it window had, that allowed you to run? Yeah, yeah. It, it's that kind of the intensity um, that it all, like, a, the, like, furnace that it's in and then all these decisions the character has to make um and it felt like a container like a good container um for for that fiction so i wrote that draft pretty quickly, quickly. compared to the, how long the other drafts took I but thought, i had yeah. an agent who was gonna read it at the end and i feel like that is so important to have someone on the other side who's yeah. like cares enough that they'll read, read it. it totally um it, helps it, it a is. Lot. It's just a little like carrot dangling, going. There's somebody waiting for this, and they're gonna actually feed it and help nurture this baby that I'm trying to grow. That's right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. I also, I don't know if this is even worthy of saying out loud, but I that's never stopped me before, so I'm gonna say <laughs> it anyway. I feel like in some really incredible way. Because it started so personally and then turned to a memoir and then turned to a fictional novel, it's also this really amazing parallel on not giving up on yourself. You know what I mean? Like, because it's such a personal part of your life, a chapter of yes. your life. Um, knowing that even though it may have taken that long, but just knowing that you kept revisiting 
yourself going like, I'm not quitting on myself. I'm yeah. like, I'm not, it's yeah. kind of really liberating. Like I'm not you know? giving up on this. I'm not Something giving up on this. This is it. me in it, you know, right, in right. some capacity, even if it fictionalizes, yeah. you know, I'm pulling it from memory banks that matter. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, really. And I think there was something about that story that I just like knew I had to write it and there would be things on the other side of it, but like I had to get that right first somehow. Um, And you did. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. It's out there. So yeah. So you put it out. What does that feel like when you finish it? Is it, do you have an empty nest when you finish something like that? Is there a drop yes. on the backside? Yeah, yeah. It's like happy, sad. Yeah. Empty nest is a good way to put it because um, it's not alive in you anymore, right, when it's out in the world. It's like for other people then. Yeah. Were you worried about it. criticisms of your writing? Were you worried about um, having it exposed in this sense? I mean, now it's out there to be reviewed. Sure. Not really. Oh, not good. really. Because I you. felt like I had gotten it where I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and that felt like such an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Um, that the rest didn't matter too much to me. I love um, that. Well, because I, I think that's how art should be in any capacity. I think if the artist goes, I'm maybe even if you're not happy specifically, but content, like I feel like I delivered the voice to where it needed to go. Um, right. That's such a an accomplishment in like and of itself. To do justice to the right. the idea or the the project. Yeah. Um, and then just when it takes <laughs> all that kind of that many years of your life, you know, you want to. To bring it to completion. I admire that so much. I don't know if I'd have the guts for that. I, (laughs) you know, because it's, it's even under a fictional setting, just to pour yourself into a project. There's a lot of vulnerability in that in any capacity. So let's go back really quickly because you said you were finishing in Prescott. When did we get yes. you to Prescott? Yeah. How did I, and we skipped baby two, which is not even nice because I don't know your second child. Oh, Max. Max, yeah. Max so let's give Max wonderful. some love because Hannah's our little nugget bundle. Yes. When did Max join us and where were you at in those crossroads of all of that? Um, we were still in San Clemente. Okay. And um, yeah, it's like, Four years and four days after Hannah. So they're both July Leo wow. babies. Well, that just means y'all um, liked each other at a specific time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> I know. I'm sure we could trace it back, um, but we don't yeah, need yeah, to. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to do that now. <laughs> um, and gosh, yeah. the um, Was Max a surprise the way I'm assuming Hannah was? Or was it a little more like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, uh, we're here having having babies, doing the baby thing. Were you excited that you had a boy and a girl? So much. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you had him in San Clemente. You're still writing. Mm -hmm. Now you have two kids. And I was substitute teaching them, too. Um, Maybe soon after he was born. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Two kids. Did yeah. you still find the same drive to keep pushing through? Now being tugged at as mommy in two different directions was that a thing? Or I were think you it good? was much harder. Yeah. I think it was much harder. Yeah, you know, because you have like what a four-year-old who had all the attention before, and who you still want to give that attention to. Um, but then there's the, the newbie the baby. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, and at the time to, um, my, we weren't actually married then. So my boyfriend, <laughs> Dino, yeah. uh, was, had a band that he was, um, oh, that's right. He's a musician. That's right. With. Yeah. yeah. And so that was really did become my focus also, uh, was helping him get that yeah. kind of happening. Yeah. 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 I don't well, know if that's something. You know, we do as women, or well, just... that I was just going to say that's yet another angle of our of our presence on this earth that I think gets overlooked often. You know, here you are rearing these two beautiful children, and again, keeping them alive, which takes more than people think it does. Yeah, let sure me tell does. you, um, <laughs> keeping them alive, yeah. trying to stay true to a piece of yourself. But also now as an, in a partnered situation and with a partner who's like, listen, I held down the fort as much as I could and I have these dreams too or these endeavors and wanting to give that support, you know, yeah. it's a it's a very burdensome in a beautiful way role in our society. Yeah. It, it took a lot of it takes a lot. Uh, focus. Yeah. Right? And yeah. So at that in those couple maybe in those couple of years did writing follow I mean, did poetry stay and and maybe the flirting yes. with the novel yeah i think yeah. the novel came and went like yeah. it kind of it would work on it and then like ah i yeah. don't know it's too much or whatever it is yeah. that, and then but always poetry yeah was there so then how'd yeah. y'all get to prescott so <laughs> You beach bums, oh, how'd you get to the high desert? <laughs> well, you know, Prescott College was here. Yeah, um, okay. That drew me. Um, I was able to teach at Prescott College some writing workshops. Wow. Yeah. Had you, were you seeking that out? Or were I, you just like, I happen to remember from living in Arizona? How did you? No, I because I hadn't really spent um, much time at all in Prescott. Yeah. Um, and my, I had an aunt who lived here and. Wow. Um, Ants do wonders for your life. They, they just kind of make you little drop step stones along the way. Gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I visited her and I'm like, well, this is a pretty cool town, but like, you know, what am I going to do here? Yeah. And then when I heard about Prescott college and this college of arts for the environment. Yeah. Uh, you were like, well, that's all cool. I'm into all of that. Yeah. yeah. Great liberal arts college. And um, and it just happened that uh, Kenny Cook was a teacher there who was, um, his wife was doing some of the hiring, but he uh, was like maybe one of the heads of the English department. He went to Warren Wilson. He went to the okay. same school I did. Yeah. So I just called him up and we had this immediate connection and it was great. I love it. Um, and so the family moved. Yeah. Yeah. So we moved out. Did you miss the ocean? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so much. And we moved right after this big fire that had been here. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the year 2004, maybe three, yeah. two. Yeah, no, it's okay. Anyway. I wasn't here yet, so I, I wouldn't be able to help on that there one. It was a big fire. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Oh my God, it was a hot summer. Yeah. There are lakes, but you're not really supposed to swim in them. Yeah. <laughs> so like, quickly I found the creeks. Yeah. Creeks, nearby creeks and yeah. places to and swim. And so you raised your kiddos here. Yeah. It's a yeah. good place to raise it kids. It is a good place to raise kiddos. Yeah. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Peregrine Book Company, located at 219 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. This beautiful boutique bookstore is in need of your business and support like all small businesses through this challenging time. Please head over to peregrinebookcompany.com to browse and purchase books online. While you're on their website, sign up for their weekly newsletter so you can get updates on their reopening plans. If the book says on our shelves now, you can actually pick it up the next business day, or you can call 928-445-9000 and a bookseller will help you. Remember, peregrinebookcompany.com or 928-445-9000. So let's get to um, past the first novel getting released. And, you know, you have an agent and you're teaching Mm -hmm. and you're still writing. Had you then, with a novel under your belt, did you start to go, wait a minute? I am a novelist. Like, <laughs> did you have a moment of like, maybe I conquer this again? Maybe I am. Yeah, yeah maybe I, I am a this. novelist. I am a novelist. I know there's something about like, I am a novelist. I don't know. It's hard. It's to, got like, weight to, to yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm like, am I? <laughs> I mean, even you are now. <laughs> um, novels are daunting. <laughs> to right. Write, to set out to say, I'm going to write. Yeah, a novel absolutely. And set out and do it. Um, but yes, I did. And especially because there can be a market for novels. Um, right. And I, the bug bit me too. Right. Like there's something so amazing having this project that um, can go on for years. Right. Like you can keep working at it yes. without going like, oh, it really like, should be done in a week. Yeah. <laughs> like always coming up with something new maybe, which right. is poetry. Um I mean, you can certainly be in a flow with poetry. Right. And I do miss that, too. Right. Um, do you feel like you're not writing poetry anymore? Or, it, like, even at uh, home? Does it not swirl in your brain? some. In some. Yeah. 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 But generally, when I'm in the middle of writing a novel, like, it, it's, it's like a, a different track for me. Yeah. Um, when does it... When and how does... So... With your first novel, obviously, we know what what has inspired, right? How now that you have this book done and you're you're thinking, I got bit by the bug. Where do you pick up then on what to write about? Right, that was a big, big question. Yeah, and I went in all kinds of different directions. Yeah, and um, I yeah, I was thinking something more close to my life like uh kids are going to a charter school mm-hmm. and I set one at a charter school you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> could have some fun there yeah um and it just yeah I started something got about usually I can get 50 pages before like I don't know where like I don't <laughs> I'm not sure well, so now that I'm 50 now, what in, am I doing um, <laughs> yeah do I want a left turn right now or what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I went to Paris with my my daughter. She graduated um, high school. And I guess she graduated before, before my first book came out. Oh, okay. But we had watched all of Gilmore Girls together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they go to Europe. I have. Backpacking. Great dialogue writers, by the way. Great, yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. they kind of set the bar on on you know dialogue writing uh, along with Aaron Sorkin. Those two, They're that show fantastic. and and his, they're so verbally 
musical, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, yes. So you guys took um, a trip. So, so we took a trip, and I ended up with um, a lot of old, you know, vintage Paris postcards kind of <sighs> up uh, in front of my desk. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe ah, there's something about Paris between the wars when was this artistic hub and there's so mm-hmm. much creativity happening there that drew me um, to it. And and so I started writing. Um, I actually wrote a whole draft of a, a book kind of set with surrealists, but with a fictional character at the center. Oh, cool. Um, and <laughs> she, well, I, yeah, I mean, that. I got to the end and it was really just a quick draft. And I (laughs) I was like, huh. Okay. Well, basically I need to do more research. So I went back um, to, to Paris and Europe and with just like really wanting to research the surrealists. I love Um, this. So you, you got hoofing to like go to the source and just see more. That's amazing. Cause I was just going to ask you your research process. I mean, were you just like bearing your, face in books of history and online and all, but you actually went, let me go over there and really study. Yeah. And I'm so happy. Um, I did because in the books there just, there really wasn't much about, uh, the women who were with them and this, like my main character fictional, like the fictional main character had been a woman. Um, but I was like, I don't know. I kind of, who, what, what were, the women like who were around them mm-hmm. creating art with the surrealists. And, um, and then, so I found a painting um, by Leonora Carrington at the Tate modern in London. And, mm-hmm. and it was just like, Whoa, who is this? You're like, woman? I need to know more. Yeah. 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 So um, it's so interesting because it kind of presented a mystery to unfold in order to be able to tell a story fictionally, but with realistic historical, you know, attributes. Right, right. So much studying, but so much um, mystique to it. I could see how that would be so compelling. Well, then I read her story yeah. too. Um, and it was like, oh my God, this is her story needs to be told. Yeah. But am I the one to do it? Like, I haven't even, you know, really like delved into historical That's fiction. So- Interesting, because, yeah, because then you go, am I the right, you know, yeah, am I? <laughs> voice for this? <laughs> exactly. This is also new. This and these is are also like real people. people. Am I going to write right. about real people? And there's so many books now coming out um, that tell real people's, right, especially women's stories. But at the time, there was really just like the Paris wife and right. loving Frank and maybe a few others. Yeah. But it wasn't like really now it's almost like a a genre or something. <laughs> what I love is that you pose these questions as though you could doubt yourself, but obviously here we are. So I love that whatever hair or shade of doubt that you might <laughs> look at for a nanosecond, it's like it disappears. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you not go, how do you go, you know what? I am going to tell this story. I am going to tell it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just so curious about it that I kept reading. I kind of read everything I could get my hands on. And then, yeah. and then, 
I I just kind of heard like a first line. I just uh, wrote it down, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you're going to come, <laughs> like, all right, I'll write you down, yeah. you know, but uh, I hope I'm good enough. <laughs> That's amazing. Justice. But it's funny um, because there's a parallel there too with motherhood in a sense, right? Like when, when we find out we're having a child, it's like, okay, <laughs> I right. don't know how good I'll be at this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it. Because this yeah. is happening. Um, and I feel like when you're struck by inspiration in whatever capacity that comes, there's that natural question like, I don't know if I, ah. but then at the same time, you're like, I think you just became my baby. And that means you're coming out of me anyway. So I might as well get good and prepared. Give you everything. Yeah. Let me give you everything I have to support you to, you know, keep you alive in a sense, which is just so interesting. So as you started to research and dive into her, did you feel like you got to know her in a personal sense that you could put this story around her? Yeah. You know, there's so many. levels of knowing, I guess, yeah. you know, and, and with the drafts, um, because I, I spent seven years writing this book. And so the very, I, I went, I don't know how many full, full drafts, five, seven, I don't know. But um, there were kind of layers of getting to know her. There yeah. was, you know, who you, who I thought she was. Um, and, and then I, I, traveled to New York to the Met to see her self-portrait, which mm. is there, which was her first major work um, that was, uh, she showed it at the Exposition of Surrealism in oh 1938. Gosh. She was 20. And it was like there with Picasso's work oh and gosh, we're Dali. Like, and, oh my gosh. You know, um, we're 80 something, almost 90 years ago. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I knew I had to see it. Um, and this work of art totally gave me this insight into her and who maybe what she was going through when she was 20 um, with this because she was with um, Max Ernst mm-hmm. and he's 46 and married. And I mean, little details, no, you know, whatever. they get away. Hiccups, hiccups. <laughs> and very established as an artist. And yeah. here she is believing in herself as an artist and she left her family uh fortune because they you know wanted her renegades to, man i to, love to it marry yeah. she's like i gotta title. do it anyway but yeah she yeah. Just, just like split and went to paris and didn't look back um yeah i think her father said like you'll die penniless in a garret <laughs> she's like and if I do, I'll look great doing it. <laughs> you know? May your shadow not darken my door again. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. But intense, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, something about that painting, there's actually, uh, there's a little, it's it's a self-portrait and God, it's awesome. You've got to see. I will look it up. Yeah. Wearing these like white riding pants, super feminist, like powerful, but in the kind of uh, corner almost on the floor, there was something that she wiped out. And so that was like, what did she paint there? Why didn't she leave it? What happened? And it kind of came around to me finding her character through her need 
uh, for Max's approval yeah. more and, and like really. Yeah. So when do you become your own artist, right? When do you become um, like a master of your craft or whatever? Right. Like who are and your where own does, master. Right. And where's that line of your own drive inspiration versus that that you're feeding or gaining from someone else? Yeah, getting approval uh, from right. someone. Or right. Where, yeah. where they're solidifying or va validating that you are an artist versus I am an artist. Right. You know? Yeah. Wow. So that became like more of a struggle because you could see in her like later work. I mean, she just has all kind like so much confidence. She she made more than 2000 works of art. Wow. Wow. You know. <laughs> yeah. 94. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Just I can't wait to read women. this book by the way. I can't oh, wait. Oh, I can't to. wait for you to um, read. I can't wait for people to read it. It's What just, when is oh, it officially coming out just so we six. say this? April. April. April 6th. 6th on her birthday. Oh, my gosh. And it's titled? Yeah. Leonora in the Morning Light. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll make sure that we put up all the links and everything oh, directly to that. fantastic. I do want to so jump exciting. backwards just sure, for sure. a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd asked you how you got to Prescott. You said you oh, came right. because of the college. You raised your kiddos here. It's a great place. Um which it is. Everybody should still come and visit and check it out. We've got lots of good stuff happening in Prescott. Um, the bookstore. Because yes. I also want to talk about Peregrine. Yes. So you are an indie bookstore owner. Well, Co-owner. Yeah, Developer. Yeah. Co-founder. Co Co-founder. We say. Yeah. There we go. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Married to the owner. Yeah. Well, that makes you a co-owner. That's how it works. You know. Um, yeah. Basically, we just, uh, Barnes & Noble was closing up. Yeah. In 2011, I think. And um, like, we need a bookstore in Prescott. Like, I don't want to live in a town without yeah. a bookstore. So it was an opportunity. And, yeah. um, and to keep my husband, Ty, was so uh, yeah. He's excited to, yeah. to embark on a bookstore. Well, too, and it, so. it keeps cultural, you know, um, ideas of, of actually sitting down and reading. I know that sounds so shocking to people, but like right. the lifestyle of walk in, get a book, take yeah. time for yourself, dive into a new world, learn about other things. Oh my gosh. Most you magical know. place in it's, the world are bookstores. Bookstores right? are my favorite. And I do think with the technological age that we are in, it's important to relish the things that got us to be the people who could develop all this stuff in the first place. You yeah. know? That's how I, how I feel about teachers. I'm like, how are they not the highest paid people on earth? Exactly. Like nobody's fixing my heart without teachers, you know? Right, so right. you have no surgeons, you have no tech giants oh. without books and education yeah. and things of that nature. So I love that you and, guys did that. And a place really for um, discussions about books to happen too, or discussions about Harder issues also, you know, that can happen in a bookstore. Yeah. Certainly our town has various sides and different yeah. uh, beliefs on various things. Which but is it's everywhere. Been a great, it's been a great yeah. place for those kind of forums. Yeah. We have a really uh, – Prescott, in my opinion, has a really great – and I think it's a positive thing. It's like a small little Petri dish of a, a reflection of, of what's happening all around us. Like sure. we definitely – the same divides that the nation are feeling and the same conversations that the nation are feeling, we definitely see happening here. But I do think it's places like Peregrine and places like the cafe and places like this podcast where people sit down 
down and go, hey, let's share the tales and reach across the table, find the commonalities and the interests that make us human, and then all productively work towards something better versus Mm -hmm. I don't like you. I don't like you. I'm not listening. That's right. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) You Um, don't believe what I believe. Yeah. And art and literature and music and dance and the art and culture, it, it stimulates all that conversation. And so thank you so for you cool. and your husband having oh. that bookstore here because now I'm going to raise a kid here who has a bookstore to actually has go like, kid section. there's a real bookstore, <laughs> not like, oh, mommy, order it on Amazon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thank I you. think it's so important, right, to, to have them and to support them right yeah. now. Just are your kids still here or have they gone abroad? Are they gone? Where they, are they? My daughter's in L.A. Okay. You know, she moved. Uh, she went to NAU. Yeah. Um, and studied theater. Yeah. Now, she, and as soon as she, she she's not doing after the thing. That, she went back to LA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, good okay. for her. She's I chasing. got pregnant and left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go back. Yeah. <laughs> but she loves it. Yeah. Good and, for her. And your son. Yeah. He's um he is up at NAU right now. That's awesome. Yeah. And they must be so proud of you. Oh. You know? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, think so. I think it's I think that's another yeah. just layer that's so brilliant about speaking specifically with a successful woman who's never stopped following the thing that makes us work, you know, staying true to that piece of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that in and of itself is such an incredible example for kids to see of any age, you know, as they're coming up when when you can look to the person who's guided you and sheltered you and loved you and fed you and kept you alive. And then you go, and hey, my mom's a badass and she's put out <laughs> novels and poetry and like she has a bookstore, you know. Like, yeah, so and for cool. moms to have their own um, identity. life and passion and identity, yeah. right. And that's and it and it's sharing these stories and then you turning around and and talking you know with Leonora in the morning light you know and and sharing another woman's identity and personal journey and story, you know I mean those things are cyclical and so important to our history. It's so incredible. So you're making quite the dent, and I'm so appreciative well, of that. Thank you, Candice. So thank April sixth, the book comes April out. April sixth. Where yeah. in the meantime should oh I have I haven't even asked you my questions. Oh okay. Oh. We're gonna. This is how we know we're wrapping up. <laughs> I have a couple questions that I ask everyone, so you're not getting out of it. Sorry. Um, although I was ready to let you out of it, but I'm not going to. With the journey that you have had, that's remarkable, by the way. What is something you would tell your younger self? You know, to uh, to keep believing. Like it, t- it can take longer than you think. Yeah. Um, to to get where it is you think you want to go. Right. Right. And then when you get there, it, it's going to look completely different than you thought it would. And you're going to realize that you just have the next thing there in front of you, it, whatever yeah. stage it is. And that's so the work. Just, so keep doing the work. I love that. And have faith. Have faith. I think, yes, if I could have known. Uh that say this book, you know, would be would be coming out now and have the support it has, which I'm just so grateful for. Um, I, yeah, maybe wouldn't have been quite so, you know, doubtful or worried or all that stuff. But it's all part of the process too. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but just yeah, keep that faith and keep going and just yeah. You know? Yeah. Keep the faith. Keep, Keep the faith. Keep going. Believe in yourself. 
I love that. I, you know, it sounds, it's some of those saying, you know, words in general, we tend to make trite because, exactly. you know, people say they're like, oh, just keep going. keep. But it's, that's the simplicity that's so true because it's like, honestly, one, what else are you going to do? If you have to do it, you're going to do it. Right. So right. two, you might as well have a little bit more faith in it. You know, just keep going. Yeah. Do it and, and really embrace that this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, what would you say specifically has been a career high and a career low? Hmm. Uh, it's so interesting to think of it as a, as career. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it kind of is. Um, <laughs> but I would say high would be like right now, right yeah. now. Yeah. Getting ready for this book to come out. And, I love it. Um, and, and seeing the enthusiasm, the, the, kind of been popping up yeah different corners um low would have been i had um an early draft of this book that i my agent sent to uh my editor of my last book um so it's a different publisher who's publishing oh, okay, this, and she turned it down <gasps> yeah so she turned it down um and i here was thinking like, oh my gosh, that was the first book was, yeah, that was what it was. But now like this yeah. is going to be like, she, of course she'll be thrilled. Yeah. Or, she's going to be like, what an incredible what? book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she just turned it down flat. Um, And, and forgive me because I'm, I'm, but I'm like seven years, like <laughs> seven years and drafts and rewrites yeah. and, so like I went studying. back and did more, did more drafts. Probably did another wow. three or something, um, and kept, you know, had to kept believing in it. Yeah, like someone's gonna see this and be excited about it. Yeah. Um, and then you went to a different publisher, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, we see it. Yeah, yeah." They were oh. very excited about so it. So it's a low into a high. Yes. It's okay. Yes. But, no, but it was but a that, temporary set. Like a temporary. It was, it was a definite low. It's I like, feel like that's a gut oh punch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I would have been very crushed by that. I mean, I, I think yeah. I love how well you just even bounced back and kept going. But, I mean, that's a definite gut punch when you're pouring your brain and your time and your life and your studying and your yeah, research. And you're hopeful. Like, and of you're, course, you want the person yeah who who wouldn't i mean that's yeah. the whole thing you're writing a book you want someone to want to enjoy it yes yes and right yeah. but i think you know now if i could have known that what did end up happening with it would happen yeah. and she turned it down i would have said thank you yeah thank you so much for turning it down yeah, cool i'm dodging a bullet <laughs> it's free yeah yes it's gonna go to something even bigger and better yeah yeah um, and that's part of that keeping the faith, which is just why I said it's simple, but it's so so dead on. Um, what would you say is your definition of success? And has that word changed for you in time, in in life patterns? Um, does it have any definition to you? Hmm. <sighs> I think success is um, is getting up and doing the work every day that you can. Yeah. And keeping keeping at it feels like success because, you know, I think – and what I had thought would have been like, oh, Pulitzer Prize right. or bestseller or these worldly kind of markers. Right. Um, 
But when it comes down to it, really, it's the art um, in yourself, right? More than than yeah. yourself in the art or in that world. I, I mean, so it's loving that the seed in you that gave birth to the thing that either they love or they don't love. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you have no control over that. Yeah. So. So just, yeah. Getting up and doing the work. True, getting up and doing the work. And being okay with not knowing. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's (laughs) a big one, but yeah. that's such a big one for for creativity. Like, you never know. Right? Absolutely. It's like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. (laughs) I love that, though, because I think so often, as wonderful as, as it is for anyone to gain this large accolade that is, you know, universally respected at whatever level. But no, first of all, nobody gets that accolade without doing the work. And true. every single person who may or may not ever get that accolade would never have become who they are without getting up and doing the work, which then turns into whatever the project is that happens to be the thing that garnishes the whatever award. Yeah, you know? and then when that happens, too, I mean, there's that flip side of that, right, with like, Oh my gosh, can I do it again? Right. And right. can I ever write uh, anything as whatever yeah. brilliant someone else decided yeah. is? Like I yeah. just am writing what I put into it and somebody else is deciding. So it's very subjective. And but the work is so personal. And that is where the the success is because it's your motivation. I've learned so much from you today. Yeah. Just oh. the fact, the fact <laughs> that you're like, oh. 20 years on this book, seven years on this book, like, and all the poetry in between. I'm children, life moves, like, whatever, you know. Um, so casually and so gracefully, you're like, just like you do. It's, it's so true. The work is the existence that shapes the journey. And that part is so, I think you've nailed success on the head. Thank you Thank for being you. my guest, Michelle. Oh, this has been so much fun. I know. I it's going to be so, so hard. Much. Everybody listening, uh, I want to jump up and hug this woman so badly because she's in studio. But we're going to wait. <laughs> we're going to wait till you know vaccines and we're we're six feet apart. We're good. Um, thank you for being my guest. Where should people be looking for you, finding you, following you, um, researching well, you? I have a website, michellecarter.com. Um, and on that there is a link to the page to pre-order Leonora in the Morning Light. I'm doing uh, that you can immediately. Get a signed copy. I'm doing that immediately. And do you yeah, have an Instagram that's... too? Don't you? I do. Yeah. I do. Thank you, Michelle Carter Books. There it is. Yes. All right. We will include all of those links in our show notes, so you can find Michelle and stalk her as much as I do, <laughs> and be thankful that I brought her into your life. Thank you for joining us today on The Creative Convergence. Thank you for being our guest, Michelle. Thank you so much, Candace. All right, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful public school system here in Prescott, Arizona. The Prescott Unified School District has been serving children for over 150 years. And while the community and district has grown and changed considerably since 1868, the commitment to children, families, and the community remains the same to this day. PUSD welcomes all students, including those who live outside the district boundaries, because at Prescott Unified School District, every child, every day, everywhere matters. Proceeds from your membership and our advertisers with Raven Productions goes directly to supporting the arts programs in the PUSD.
Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence, coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us? Or a company that would like to advertise with us? Shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. Get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming. Your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.